Felice is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubba Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, Felice with the assist. Welcome back. We are the Houston Dynapod podcast. I'm actually Finister, and I'm the guy that hosts this every week, uh, typically alone with my ADHD. I just wanted to start by saying uh, I don't edit this. Like what you hear, for the most part, when we do stuff with other people, is uh, it's edited. But this, when it's just me, you're literally hearing me just look at a line and go. So I just wanted to clear that up because I did have somebody ask me about like how I edit parts out with it just being me and I told him I have my points I read my points and I go you're just listening to how my fucked up brain works which like I've said in the past it's entertaining but it's an HR nightmare for me so Glenn Davis did his interview Christian and Rudy have done their episode I somebody else I'm sure is doing an episode Victor Victor got an episode out uh, I'm not going to look at what was done on Glenn Davis's show. I'm going to go through and I'm going to break down the media announcement of Pablo Nagasaki. I mean, Paulo Nagamora. And talk about different things I heard that I agreed with, didn't agree with, or made me go, hmm. So anything that made my eyebrows go up, you're going to hear about. And uh, before we do that, as you are aware, if something big has happened in my personal life, you're going to hear about it. And truthfully, nothing big has, well, I guess. Mm. So I don't know if you follow my relationship, my relationship journey, my saga, my quest, my quest for the one. But I met a girl, woman, not too long ago, uh, end of November, end of November-ish. And... Um, if I used to date you and you're listening, please don't get mad. I think you're all beautiful people, but I've never, I've never felt like I was dating somebody who was way out of my fucking league until this one. I I've dated good looking, beautiful women. Not always. Right. But I I've, I've dated pretty ladies. This one makes me so fucking nervous. I don't even know like how to talk sometimes. I mean, words come out and they make sense, but I, I second guess everything I say, and I'm usually not like that. And we've been talking and going out now for, I guess, since the end of November. And it wasn't until yesterday that I realized this girl actually likes me. Because I went through some bullshit with one who was fucking ugh, on her meds, and then when I met her, she was off her meds. So when she got back on her meds, she was completely different. And it was a fucking nightmare. And it was also like emotionally damaging, which is not something I'd take lightly. I'd, my emotions don't get damaged very often. But this new one, I even got a kiss. I got a, I got, I got a kiss. Us. I don't want to go fast. I know you listen to my show and you think I'm probably just like sleeping around and like sticking my Peter wherever, wherever it's wet. It's not really. I can. I can do that. I have. I mean, not anymore. I'd rather just find someone that I want to die before. I don't want to get old and, you know, have whoever I'm with die first. Who the fuck's going to make my sandwiches then, you know? So in this interview, um, Pat and Paulo, 
talk to the media. And let's, uh, let's jump into it. You're going to hear a clip. Excuse me. A clip from the, uh, from the interview. And then I'm going to share my two cents, which I don't know if you know this or not, but my two cents is also worth two cents. So here we go. Hello, everyone. Thanks for coming here. Um, I'm not sure where all of you were. Uh, there was a press conference for a general manager announcement a couple of months ago. I, I don't see many guys here. So thanks for showing up today. All right. When I love, I'm starting to really, really like Pat Onstad. He was, he played for the club before I followed the club. So I didn't really know anything about him and he's Canadian. So it's like, I like your syrup and your Mounties, but hearing this to me, it sounded like Pat joked how there were so many people at the event today that weren't there when he was announced. I thought this was like a little bit of a dig at the media presence. Because he says, like, the star, you know, I see a lot of you here. I didn't see you. We had a conference a couple months ago when I was announced. I didn't see all of y'all here. So thanks for coming today. And I've noticed this about Pat. He doesn't pull punches when he talks to people. If you were at the Q&A at Pitch 25, you would see that him and that dude who wanted to basically come up with an app to rate the performances of GMs like we rate the performances of players, Pat got a little feisty. I like that because... I don't recall in the five years I've supported this club, I don't recall ever seeing Matt Jordan do that. I don't really ever recall seeing Matt Jordan fucking period. I've seen Onstad and Siegel more since they were hired or purchased the team than I saw Jordan and Brenner in the five years prior. So we're on the right foot, and I love the fact that Pat gives the shit back to you. Here we go, next clip. Uh, I'm a big believer in being a collaborator. Um, uh, as, as some of you know, there's been uh, a gentleman, Asher Mendelson, who we announced yesterday as a technical director, and Nick Koba is assistant general manager. These guys are uh, very instrumental in this search. Uh, our owner, Ted Siegel, uh, our vice chairman, uh, Lyle Ayes, uh, President John Walker, uh, and the head of performance, uh, Paul Caffrey. These are all integral uh, parts of this decision uh, and also this search uh, for this candidate. So they really emphasize how this was a group effort, how they want everybody involved in the hiring of Nagamura. And he lists himself, Mendelssohn, which, by the way, us hiring a technical director for the first time in club history, that's a big sign. That's a sign that things are really changing. That's a huge fucking deal. Why you would not have more people to create less work for each so they can specialize is beyond me. But Pat says how they did this collaboration and everybody had their little piece in the pie and they ended up with Nagamura who has, as we know, and we've talked about, he, he's not the be all end all. And he's not like the ideal hire that we wanted, but he's, he's our coach now. And Pat agrees. Mendelssohn agrees. Walker agrees. And there was another person, Koba, Nick Koba. Koba also agrees. I'm not there yet but I'm going to trust you guys that do this for a living. So let's see what happens, man. I like the collaboration. I like the effort to work together because you can't just have one person making decisions. That's stupid. My son's at, my son brings it up. He's like about people, adults that think their idea is always best. Those people are morons. If you think your idea is better than anybody else's, you're an idiot. There's 6 billion fucking people on the planet. Your one idea is not number one amongst six billion. There's a lot of fucking smart people on this planet. I'm not one of them. 
right? If you asked me to make a cell phone, I'd fucking draw one. It'd be a cardboard one like you give little kids. Yeah, this collaboration is good. The more heads, the more eyes, the more thoughts, the more ideas, the better. Keep that shit going. Again, really excited, looking forward to rescue the identity of this club and, and embrace that challenge with all my, my, my gain, my will. So you're going to hear this phrase a lot, I feel. Paulo, I'm going to end up calling him Pablo. Paulo repeatedly has mentioned the term, rescue the identity of the club. Rescue the identity of the club. And as a fan, I'm going to tell you right now, we don't fucking have one. Our identity is to sign has-beens or never-wers. And guy, oh God, that sounds terrible. We've been signing off of the bargain bin. And we've found some good finds. Pasher, Vera, Fafa, Maxi, but he got paid a lot. Uh, Quintero, we've had some good finds. Junka, we, we've had good finds, right? But what is our identity? To me, we're the team that's finished last in the West two years in a row, spends very little money, has had no communication with their fan base or supporters from ownership, and are, we've just begun this slow, painful, gradual death of the club. And these guys... Onstad mainly and Siegel, they really seem like they want to do something here. You know, this this is soccer. They could turn Houston into the next fucking Real Madrid, into the next Manchester City. That could really happen. Maybe not with the financial setup, but your our potential for growth is massive. It's bigger than football. Soccer is a fucking world sport. American football is American. Baseball, basketball. Soccer is the biggest sport in the world. We could be one of the biggest clubs in the world. That's a real thing. That could really happen. So to have guys on board that believe that and know that, because Ted has said that. Ted has said we could become one of the biggest clubs in the world. That's not a lie. We totally could. So as far as rescuing the identity of the club, he talked about getting back on the front foot, controlling the game. That'd be great because counterattacking football fucking puckers my butthole so next clip we'll start with danielle here the houston chronicle danielle Lerner, houston chronicle paulo you mentioned rescuing the identity of this club what ideally is the type of identity that you want the houston dynamo to have I would say the same identity that when I was a player, I would come to here and play against the Houston Dynamo, uh, a team that is really difficult to play against, a team that is always on the front foot, a team that is proactive, a team that is aggressive, right? So I think from watching the Houston Dynamo in the last few years, I think uh, we got away from that. And the ideal world, we're going to go back to that and make this place uh, really our fortress. We need to turn PNC back into a fortress. I agree. We should never lose at home. You want to be a contender? You want to be a contender? You have to rarely lose at home. And you have to be able to win on the road. The second one, we were terrible at. The first one, we were okay at. We've been okay at home for the most part. 
But turning our stadium into a place that teams are going to come and they don't want to play. The weather sucks. We know that. In the summer, the weather's fucking awful. If you pack that place and it gets loud, that's one hell of an atmosphere. And uh, what is his name? Hasta la Verde Muerta. He's been talking shit about how Q2 is full. Yo, man, fucking Robertson was full in the beginning, too. We had full fields, too. We had full stands. We won shit. Y'all didn't win anything. And our tickets weren't as expensive as yours. But I want to talk to that guy before the, uh, the time as we play his club. Because we are, we are on the come up, dude. I, I really think this is going to be... I think this is legit. I am worried, which we'll talk about on the next clip. But I think we're on the right page. And even though Nagamura might not be the right signing, Pat Onstead is. Mendelssohn is. Ted Siegel seems to be. So even if we miss on the coach and we miss on players right now, our foundation, I think, is solid. All right, next clip. Collaborative effort, working with Pat, working with the technical director. Talk to us about the vision for that, please, coach. Absolutely. I think it's, I think it's the mo- one of the most important things. I think um, I'm a young coach, um, five years being a head coach, and I'm going to need help from all of, of the staff members, all the, all of the club. So to, collaborative is, 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 is easy to say, but it's on a daily basis. That's what we're basically going to need. We need. We're going to need the help from everyone to get the ship going where they, where they need to be. So I'm not going to lie. I, I heard this, and I, I started to get worried. I started to hear echoes of Tab Ramos in his responses. I heard things and parts and pieces that reminded me of things Tab would say which scares the shit out of me, to be honest, because I admire Tab. I like Tab. I don't think he was, he didn't have the best resources, but he didn't have the worst either. We were not the lowest payroll in the West, but we sure did finish dead ass last. And there were a lot of decisions that didn't sit well, like the benching of Quintero, like not using your subs, like pressing when it feels like 110 degrees outside. Paulo in this one says, I am a young coach. I will need help from everyone to right the ship. I took that two ways. Number one means everybody's got to get involved and pull their weight. That was number one. Number two is where I got scared. When he says he needs help, he needs help because he's young, he's new. That's it's not something that really makes me feel comfortable. And I will tell you, I'm beginning to think that Paulo is a transitional coach. He's a young coach with a history of developing young players at a successful organization under successful leadership, Peter Vermees. But he's not a proven coach. And you know what? We're going to talk more about the transitional thing on the next, the next clip because that's where it really came in. But for him to really be honest and say how much help he's going to need it kind of concerned me. It definitely scared me a little bit. So, next clip. All right, my name is Sam, Africa Sports Network. Uh, Kurt, Come over oh, here. sorry. Yeah, welcome to Houston. Thank you. You know, what I will tell you about that, the, the fans of this club are very passionate. You know, they love this club. You know, they're very passionate. So my question is this. You seem to be the youngest coach in the club history to sit in that dugout. You know, what does that mean to you? 
It means just a number of my age because I, think, I believe every coach has their own path, right? Every coach uh, starts in, in a different way. Maybe um, every, every single coach has a different path. So for me, it doesn't, doesn't mean anything. I mean, uh, I told before, I'm ready for this challenge. I've been with, involved with professional level for the last 20, 20 plus years playing and coaching. So um, it's just a number to me. Okay, what, what is the attraction to Houston Dynamo? The project? No, the attraction to the project here. What attracted you here? The, the project, the, the new ownership, the new uh, club leadership, right? Uh, all of that was factors on, on my decision to come to Houston. After hearing this clip, I could definitely tell that Paulo's second language is English, maybe his third. Because when he used the phrase that age is just a number, in my head it was like 15 will get you 20. Age is just a number in most circumstances. Age to me directly corresponds to knowledge. If you are older, you do know more things because of experience. He's our youngest coach ever. He'll be the second youngest coach in the league right now. Maybe the second youngest hire ever. He does do a good job of backing up and saying every coach has his own path, and he was attracted to Houston due to the current transition. That makes me feel like he is a transitional coach. I do hope I'm wrong. I hope that he's fucking amazing, and he's here forever, and we win a lot of stuff, and we pack this fucking place, and we become an international sensation. But I think he is, oh, here's, yeah, he is here to oversee a two- to three-year rebuild, and then we're going to look at hiring a proven winner. That's what I feel. I feel like Tab could have been that guy. The problem with Tab is he was hired under Matt Jordan. And we know under Matt Jordan, Matt Jordan was able to turn gold into shit. He was the opposite of Midas. He was Sadim. Sadim, which is Midas spelled backwards. Had Tab been hired now, it would make sense. But I think Paulo could be a transitional coach. He could be a lot like... What's the guy that's at Man U is right now? He's a transitional coach. Nuno Espirito was supposed to be a transitional coach for Spurs. Um, they exist. I think that might be his role. I know that'll never be said in public, but I could see that. Two to three years, get the, good, get the young kids up, improve our academy, and then we're going to move on with somebody who's a proven winner. I hope I'm wrong. Fucking hope I'm wrong. Part of me thinks I'm right, and sometimes I'm right, more often than not. So, next clip. Hello, Coach Enrique Vasquez with the Dynamo Spanish TV. As you look around the league, you see where homegrown players are, are big, whereas the Dynamo has maybe struggled at times developing young players. What, what's, what's the importance that you're going to place on, on being that the Dynamo Academy generate talent year in, year out that you can count on? Yeah, I mean, from, from, from what I know and from what I heard and talking to Pat, I think the academy has made enormous progress throughout the years. And I really see as a, as a, a source of, of talent for this country. And I think in Houston, it's not going to be different, right? We, we're going to assess the academy players. We're going to assess the players coming through the system. And if they're ready to, uh, to, to contribute it to the first team, they'll definitely, they're definitely going to be signed. So, but it's a process, right? And, but we definitely be looking at the young players for sure. Really emphasizing how the Dynamo Academy creating talent that can contribute to the club is being a necessity 
duh, duh, fucking have, why haven't we been doing this before? I'm glad you guys know this. You guys being the front office. Pat said something early on about he wants to create a sustainable club. A sustainable club is what Dallas has. Ricardo Pepe being sold for $20 million will fund four years, four fucking years of Dallas's player salaries. Four fucking years. He alone has made their starting lineup solvent for four seasons. That's insane. Our academy has to be able to create talent, identify it, train it, promote it, sell it. That is what is going to fund the club. That is where your money's going to come from. That and the revenue sharing, not the fans. It, it, the fans help, not concessions, not merchandise. Selling one of those players, like Pepe, 20 million, Daryl DK, almost 10 million, that will fund your club for ages. One Ricardo Pepe now equals four or five million dollar transfer players. That's a lot of fucking money, dude. That's two ten million dollar players. Proven players. Developing our academy has to be, in my opinion, one of the top three things that we do. Scouting academy infrastructure. Well, I guess infrastructure is part of it. Scouting academy culture, investment, investment in the squad, investment in the roster. But we have to develop these kids and sell them and make money off them. They are assets. And if we are not taking care of our assets, we are depreciating their value and they're not going to be worth what they would be worth. So I'm glad that this emphasis was placed on the academy. It is, it is so crucial and it is so important to really becoming a self-sustainable club. Next one. Getting in here just a couple weeks before training camp starts, how much time have you actually had to, to interact with the team and uh, have you decided when you might be able to announce uh, your assistance? Well, not much time yet. Today, my first day, so hopefully I can, I can uh, be in touch with those players, with our players uh, soon. Uh, we have two weeks until we start preseason, so um, we're planning, we're, we're getting to work, so hopefully we can get this thing going uh, right away. And about the systems, yeah, we've been talking uh, uh, with a couple of candidates, and they should be announced hopefully pretty soon. Okay, every time Paulo says the word culture, I smile. I love how he says culture, future. I, I fucking love it. It makes me smile. However, every time he reminds us or mentions that the preseason starts in two weeks, I fucking cringe. This year is going to be hard. Do not get that mistaken. The coaching staff isn't filled out. There's countless holes in the starting 11. There is no depth on the bench. We have a ton of work to do, and the preseason starts in two weeks. This year is going to be hard, man. It's going to be really fucking hard because we are, we have to start tempering our expectations. If you think that Pat, Paulo, and Mendelssohn are going to come in and Ted are going to come in and in one transfer window, we are going to solve all our problems, you are severely mistaken. The lack of depth on our squad, I wrote two to three windows. In all honesty... I think it's a two to three year rebuild. That's four to six transfer windows. There is a lot of work to do here. Not a lot of time. I don't know what type of football he wants to play. I really hope it's not a 4-3-3. Fucking hope it's something that's more proactive. I mean, we don't even have the, we don't have the personnel to run three at the back. 
We can't, we don't have a striker. We don't have a fucking striker. I mean, we have so many holes. There's a ton of work to do. And I think early on, we're going to be really fucking bad. I think early on, we are going to be bad and we're going to have massive growing pains because our, 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 our team is like a slice of Swiss cheese right now. It's not going to work. We're a boat with holes. We have to plug the holes, teach them how to fucking do what we want, and then get after it. Not enough time for what needs to be done. So you guys temper your expectations and don't fucking Nagamura out after two losses. Next clip. Jesus Ortiz, R. Esquina. Uh, Paolo, when, when you describe your style, how important is it for you to be able to be bilingual? Pat mentioned trilingual. What three languages do you speak, and how important is that not only on the field, but also selling the Dynamo brand through the city of Houston? Very important, right? Very important. This is a multicultural city uh, with uh, a big influence on a, on a Hispanic uh, community. So it's really important to speak English, uh, Spanish, and I speak Portuguese too. And to go to your to your comment, uh, we have a lot of Spanish speaking in our in our roster. So to communicate in Spanish and make sure the players understand what we've been asking to them, it's huge. All right, so I thought it was interesting to know that Paulo's trilingual. He's trilingual, English, Spanish, and Portuguese. Him talking about how our city is diverse and multicultural and how important it is to be able to communicate in Spanish, it's a no-brainer. I think Tab spoke Spanish, if I'm not mistaken. We have a high percentage of Spanish-speaking players on our roster and in our league. Well, how come? Fucking look south of us. From Mexico down. Find me a country that's main language isn't Spanish or some offshoot of Spanish. I'll wait. Is there one? I mean, they're all similar-ish, right? They have the basic building blocks of peace. Basic building blocks of the language. You have to. You have to be able to communicate. That's why in Football Manager, you can send them on an intensive language course. Culture. Change the culture. Fucking love how he says culture. But yes... Learn the language, speak the Espanol, communicate with these players. You have to in order to be successful. It, it helps. It helps them be able to communicate on the pitch, communicate in the locker room, and communicate just, just fit in. So yeah, people that there were people that knocked that. Not our supporters, but like ESPN commentators here in Houston that don't follow the club, that just talk about other sports. Being bilingual in the MLS is a necessity. Being multilingual in any of these leagues is kind of a necessity. So here we go. Next clip. Question for uh, either of you guys. Uh, you know, forgive me if this sounds uh, repetitive, uh, but you know, attacking style, uh, academy, implementing the academy, a bilingual coach. Uh, fans in Houston have seen this before with the prior two coaches. And the roster really is pretty much the same roster that was used in 2021. Where do you, um, where do you all think you can be successful where the previous uh, people at the club have not been able to be? I believe, I think, has, we have to change the culture a little bit. Like I said before, I think to rescue that identity uh, that Houston had in seven, eight years ago. Uh, we need to implement that culture, is that, is that, is, and that is a process, right? That's not, that's not an overnight project. We need to rescue that, and once we settle that and have a, a, 
a good culture with the club. I'm, I'm sure that the pieces that are going to be added on, uh, playing reinforcements, uh, new signings, uh, uh, that will make a team a very competitive team. Once again, he talks about how we need to rebuild the culture here to rescue our identity. In this clip, he talked about once we rebuild the culture, we can begin putting pieces in place. I don't know if he misspoke or if I heard it wrong. Personally, I think you can do both at the same time. You can identify players who fit the culture you want and bring them in and begin to change that culture. We have a lot of players that have been exposed to a culture of failure on our roster. I would say every single player, aside from the two new signings, have just been laissez-faire and have seen a culture of failure here at the club. There are players out there who can step into this team and have an immediate impact mentally on the guys we have. At the same time, there are players on this team who have the kind of mentality we do not want to have anymore. Identifying who needs to go and who we bring in, it needs to happen quickly. We are running out of time. We will not be prepared by the time the season starts. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You look at the adjustment period players need when they go to a new club before they play. It's, it's, it's a month, months. Sometimes it's longer. I mean, yeah, I want to rescue our identity, but I want to win matches too. And I know it's going to be painful and it hurts. It hurts to hear because right now, I think our hopes are high, but the data behind it, the signings, the transfers, what's being done, it doesn't match what we want. It will. Right now, it won't. We just got them. Pablo Nagasaki just signed from Hiroshima FC. It's going to take time. The quicker we can identify and move along, the quicker we'll have more fans in the seats, the quicker we won't wear bags on our heads, and the quicker Christian and Senior Goal will stop fighting on social media. Next clip. Hi, Paulo. Uh, Daniel Sperry with uh, Kansas City Star. Um, just what can you tell us about uh, how um, how your 10 years, last decade of your playing career and uh, coaching here has been at Sporting? Um, what, are you, what are the lessons that you've learned that you're going to take with you into this new role? Um, and then I'll have a follow-up as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, like I said in the beginning on 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 my speech, it was like I'm very grateful for the SKC organization and Peter Vermees. Uh, Peter has been my mentor in the last, especially in the last five years, when I became a coach. Um, um, learn a lot from him. Uh, the way that he deals with players, the way that he sees the game, the way that uh, he manages his daily routine. So um, it was. I'm I'm grateful and. Again, I learn a lot in that organization. So, so on this certain one here, how he credits, uh, how Pablo, Paulo, fuck, see, I told you, how Paulo credits Vermees and Sporting KC with giving him the opportunity and being his mentor. He's asked what lessons he will bring, and he kind of references his opening speech, but he doesn't quite answer the question. And this is, I mean, I noticed this throughout the interview. I noticed the answers we were getting alluded to something that had previously been said or it was answered in a a way that didn't answer it. And I understand that. Like we've seen Ted Siegel do it. We've watched Pat Onstead do it. We know that it's part of what they have to do because they can't commit. 
Does this, like when uh, Victor Ariza asked Ted if he could put a number on how much money he was willing to spend, and Ted spend, and Ted said no. Like there's no, I can't give you a number. Yeah, because if you do, we're going to hold you to it. That's what it is. If you tell us you're going to spend 20 million, we expect you to spend at least 20 million, not 18, not 19 and a half, 20. So I would have liked to had more of an answer here, but I'm sure this was a busy day. I'm sure the guy has been through the ringer stress-wise. I'm sure he's uh, been on social media and he has an idea and his finger on the pulse a little bit of how we're feeling about him. But I, I am going to give him my full support and I am going to hope for the best. And there's two more things we got to talk about after this clip. And I think you're going to see why I'm kind of hoping for the best, but expecting the worst. So let's go to the next clip. Uh, thank you. This is Tyler Garrett, Dynamo Theory. Uh, this one's for Coach. When mentioning rebuilding the identity and culture of the club, are there any particular players you're looking to see kind of step up and help bring in that new identity and culture? Well, uh, I know the players from from watching them. Uh, I don't know them personally yet, so it's 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 a difficult question for me to answer right now. But uh, uh, preseason starts in two weeks, and we we'll, we will assess that. We're gonna establish uh, the standards and the expectations for all of them. And it's, it's almost going to be a fresh start for everyone. So um, uh, I'm excited. I think they should be as well. It's a new start for the club. And, and hopefully we can turn this ship around, like I said again. Okay, once again, Paulo states how preseason starts in two weeks. He talks, us, he talks to us about how he's watched the players, but he has not personally met with them yet. How long did this take, man? Like, our season was over in, what, October? The well, really, August for the Dino, September? Uh, this took a fucking hot minute to get a coach. We got two weeks till preseason. This, was, this, was, this interview was four days ago. So in reality, you have 10 days till preseason right now. He's watched the players. He hasn't met with them. I, I'm, I'm wary, dude. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. I, I don't blame this on anyone except for previous ownership. I blame this taking so long on the state of affairs in Houston Dynamo land historically. We've been so bad for so long with no investment, no academy really. Like who would want to come here? I've said this before. We, we are, we're the girl that used to have chlamydia. You know, we were attractive once and then, you know, we started hitting the crack pipe. And uh, we're getting our mojo back a little bit. But, dude, we're like, we're still in the detox phase, man. Like, right now, we're still in rehab. We haven't even started going to our meetings yet. We haven't. We're just now getting the methadone so we can get off this shit or whatever it is. But, man, the fact that this has taken so long. I mean, I said it before. I think we're in for a lot of pain this year. And I think you guys got to temper those expectations man otherwise you think social media is negative now shit wait till june wait till we start out i'll be honest i can see i i can see us finishing last again behind cincinnati 
because you look at what we've added. We've added a keeper in Daniel Stettis, who's not going to be, he should not be a starter. He should rotate with Parker or Hadebi. Who else have we added versus what have we lost? We are, we are a worse team right now than we were when the year ended, and we need to fix it. I do believe in Pat. I think Pat can work some magic getting people here and fixing the problem, but man, it's going to take time. All right, last clip. Yeah, this question is for Pat Onstead. Um, fans are, are wondering, um, they've heard the owner speak about additional resources uh, in the terms of signings. When can, can they expect a bigger signing, perhaps one in this transfer window, a, a bona fide uh, player, um, if you have any information on yeah, that's a good question, Victor. I mean, uh, first and foremost, to Ted, uh, just just to be clear here, Ted Siegel could not make it due to scheduling conflicts. But uh, what Ted has done and has gone on the record, and certainly in all my discussions with him, has he's been uh, uh, very clear that he's willing to spend. Uh, what I, I kind of started out with at the beginning is talking about a collaboration. So uh, we're at a, at a point now with our roster that, uh, in terms of our spend. Uh, the, where it fits, uh, ironically, is that we, it's better for us to spend bigger than it is for us to kind of look in league and look at a salary cap guy. Uh, because if you go after a young youth player slot, it counts significantly less in your cap than it would if I went out and, and signed, signed a, uh, a player that, that would be a roster spot guy. So uh, now at this point, that means you're investing uh, significant money from ownership. For us to do that, that's not something I, I felt comfortable doing without a head coach in place. Didn't make sense that you would go uh, invest significant money, have a new coach come in and say, what are you doing? That's not my type of guy. So what we've done, and this is when Paul has been kind of coy about it so far, but uh, we've been discussing over the last couple of weeks. We've been looking at players uh, in terms of positions we feel we have need, uh, need to. So we're well on our way and well on our path to trying to sign these players. Uh, I'm hoping uh, with everything lines up perfectly that we can have maybe an announcement before preseason starts, but that's obviously only in two weeks' time. But we will definitely be pushing here in the next uh, month or so to try to get some big signings across the line. So if you notice, he really, Pat really focuses on the young designated player position due to the minimal cap impact. Well, duh. Yeah, we want a YDP and we want three DPs. Okay, double penetration? Nope. Designated player, you sick perverts. Uh, the YDP makes a lot of sense because that's an investment. That's an investment player. That's a player that you think will become quite good and will either be a future star or a cash cow that will sell from and make money. I, I know there's been rumors on the web about uh, big signings here in the next couple of days, couple of weeks, end of the week. For those of you that think we're going to fill out our DP slots in one transfer cycle, it's not going to happen, dude. It's not going to happen. Would it be great? Sure. What's a realistic outlook? For three DPs and one youth DP, two to three transfer cycles, I would say. It's not going to happen overnight. And even if you put, even if you fill out our DP spots, we, we, we have no depth. We have more positions that need help than we have open designated player spots. We have positions without players that play that position. 
This is going to take us time, dude. This damage and what has happened here in Houston has taken a, it's taken a decade to happen. For us to finish last in the West twice in a row and be minimal infrastructure, minimal spending, it's taken 10 years to get to this point that we are at right now. And, you know, I, I've said it'll take two to three transfer cycles to fill our DP spots. I'm not saying in two to three transfer cycles, this counts as one, by the way, that we will be top notch, ready to roll. We could be, we could be legitimate again in two to three transfer cycles if you had a world-class coach. We, we don't right now. We don't know what he could be. But we don't have a proven winner right now. In reality, I think it will take, you're not gonna, you're gonna fucking let like this. I think it's gonna take two to three years to create a sustainable club like Onstad wants. And that doesn't mean we're good and sustainable. That just means we're sustainable. Let me take that back. I think in two to three years, we can be a good club perennially. But in order to be sustainable, it means you have to keep your level. It's going to take longer to become a sustainable club with a decent academy putting out product. Jesus Christ. Five years? Three to five? Minimum. To become sustainable, three to five years. To become good, perennially good, I really think it'll take two years, including this year coming up. I think I do not see us challenging for the, uh, the playoffs this year. I don't think it'll happen. I want us to break top 10. The year after this, I want us to be in the playoffs. And then from there on out, I want us every year to be in the playoffs. Okay? Because that's going to bring people back. That is going to bring... American football is the biggest sport in this country. Look at NRG on Sundays. Nobody fucking goes. Why? Because they're garbage. Because they are garbage. And their owners suck all the dicks. Multiple times. They, they suck all the dicks. There's nothing wrong with sucking dick either. Like, if you want to do that, go ahead. Um, but, dude, you, if we start winning, people will come back. And I'm going to be there no matter what because I'm not that type of person. Like, I'm going to go support the club. I didn't, I didn't renew my season tickets, but I will go to games. Mm-hmm. I definitely will. But it's, it's going to take us a while, man. And the negativity that's been out there and the arguments between the fans, guys, just chill, dude. You got, you, it's, it's not, it is a game at the end of the day. Pat Onstad isn't, isn't finding a cure for cancer. Ted Siegel isn't curing the coronavirus. They're playing a game where you put a round object into a net, okay? It's like the simplest of things. Um, me kick ball, me score point, mm, me win game. It's a game. This isn't life or death. And we are passionate, which they made a point to say in the club. We are passionate, but we are... I told you before, I made the analogy. We're, we're, we're just, we're like a beat dog. We like, we're like a beat dog that somebody's trying to give food to and we're just like bitch I fall for this trick before you dangle a treat I come back next thing I know I'm being abused and you ain't taking care of me our fans have been neglected for a decade our team has been neglected for a decade our infrastructure has been neglected for a decade that decade's over 
All of you that are still talking about, I'm fucking rambling about it, but all of you that are arguing about it, stop. I'm not sold on Paulo Nagamura. I am sold on Pat Onstead. I am sold on Ted Siegel. Then you might say, we haven't signed anybody. We have. We've done a lot, actually. And I listed it on Twitter, and I'm not going to go back and relist it. But Ted Siegel has done 10-plus things that other people hadn't done. He's done what you've asked. You said fire Matt Jordan. Fired Matt Jordan. You said fire Tad. We fired Tad. You said get a DP. We signed Teenage Debbie. You said bring in players. They brought in Baird and Karaskia. Who else? Yeah, we, we've done what you guys are asking. I mean, they've done what you're asking. I haven't done what you're asking. Fucking ask me for something. They've done what you're asking. Now you have to be patient. You have to be patient and let it happen. Like when you, to my parents out there, when your child was born, did you fucking throw a football at it? Why aren't you catching the football, baby? No, you had to be patient. Otherwise, you would have broken the baby's nose. You got to be patient, guys. Continue to argue with, let's, hey, let's agree to all talk shit to Austin. I think, I don't think Austin deserves a time of day because they ain't done shit. Aside from fill out, they have a beautiful stadium and they filled it out. But their coach is every bit as unqualified as ours have been. And I mean, they've spent the money and their, their team is every bit as bad as ours. We, we had a coach at the end. He knew it was, he knew he was done the minute Ted Siegel took over. The minute Onstad was hired, Pat, Tab Ramos knew he was done. And rightfully so. The losing his coach in the history of the Dynamo. I hope he lands on his feet and I hope he goes somewhere. Maybe take a year off. Recharge. Hang out with your family. Go somewhere. Go on vacation. Fucking don't go to Denver in the winter unless you want to be attacked by homeless people. But yeah, it's going to take time, man. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think we will be good. I, I posted, I think we're going to get fucking good again. The hiring of the technical director is big, huge. It's huge. We've never had that. So Ted Siegel's doing things that you haven't even asked for that are good. And where has he hired from? Columbus. Sporting KC. Two perennial winners. No, Nagamura is not the coach we wanted. He's the coach we got. Pat Onstad is the GM we wanted. The GM you wanted hired this coach. So back him. And if he's shit after two months, Nagamura out. Maybe a little longer, right? Let's go, let's go six months. How about that? Six months into the season. The halfway point. Can we all agree that there will be no pa- Paulo out hashtags until at least the halfway point of the season? Because if you're going to put a Paulo out hashtag on there, you need to put an Onstad out hashtag as well. He hired him. Pat is the chef. Pat is making the dinner, and these are his ingredients. And he might get it wrong now. He might get it wrong with Paulo. But... I don't know. Something about this says things are different. Things are different. So guys, if you like us, give us a review on Spotify. You can do that now. You can also review us on Apple iTunes or review me, whatever. Um, preseason's coming up, dude. All you other guys, all you other podcasters, we're going to have to get back together and do a preseason episode uh, sometime during the preseason to look at whatever signings we make, the coach hiring, the formation, all that stuff, the things we're going to be doing. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. Hopefully our, our young guys get a chance. 
uh, because we have to develop. We can't keep buying guys that are 28 or 29 and have been cut by an MLS squad. It's not, it's not sustainable. It's not how you build a sustainable club. 28 or 29 is getting close to 30. And once you hit 30, I'm not paying you as much. If I'm a GM, I'm not. I turned 30. I remember what happened. Fucking things started to jiggle that used to not jiggle. God damn it. But I am Finister. This is your Houston Dynapod podcast. Let's be positive. Let's be friendly to one another on Twitter. And let's, let's really give Austin FC some hell. How about that? How about that? Trust the process and go Dynamo. Albert Valise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Mumbo Rodriguez again. Scoring goals left and right. Valise with the assist. Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's Familiar with Failure. Check them out. Badass band. Cool ass people.